Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. <laughs> you officially tuned in to Universal right here with the queen, Lady AC. Hopefully everybody had a good weekend, a good week so far, because we have officially made it to hump day early this morning, 3.03 on the dot, no more, no less than a.m., <laughs> because once we get over this hump, we get right back to the weekend. But for right now, we're going to enjoy this moment. Or at least you're going to enjoy it with me. <laughs> like always. Like I always say. Um, so, yes, we definitely want to shout out to the amazing, beautiful Juneteenth celebration that happened over the weekend. Everybody showed up, show out. It was so beautiful. To see all that melanin glistening from that sweat. Because <laughs> it was hot out there. But hey, it's okay because we welcome the sunshine. We welcome it. Welcome everything that's given to us. You know. So, then we will shout out to everybody who did that and, you know, get you prepared for this week. So, you know, usually on my show, I like to take a break from what's going on around the, you know, around the world and, and you know, give you kind of like that mental space to kind of forget about it. But there's some things I feel that need to be addressed that happens around us that we don't acknowledge a lot or that is being acknowledged but not being talked about that often. And one of them I couldn't acknowledge was just at the state of this country right now like we're so much too big on you know avoiding of these issues of this government the very decisions that they're making that affecting our lives and we don't even realize it or they're slowly starting to affect our lives and we don't realize it that we forget about that there are people watching and those very same people are the ones that we bore or that we are raising in this world. And I'm talking about our children. The children, the youth of the day, the teens of the day, the young adults of the day, all the way up to my generation, the millennials, us, are watching and seeing and being affected by the very decisions that are going on around us. And it kept making me think of the mantra that, that we have this mindset that the children are our future, right? And we try to prepare them for that. but. In a sense, it looks like, especially with the recent um, no stories, excuse me, news stories that I saw over this weekend, it's almost like we forgot about that. And the news stories that, that caught my mind in particular was, of course, the um, and just to bring the attention if you haven't been, uh, haven't seen it or um, not aware of it, because you know things happen. <laughs> we get caught up in our lives that sometimes we, you know we're not aware of everything going on around us. But um, what seems to happen was uh, about the immigrant children or the people at the border, this whole separation act enacted by this government that literally is stopping people at the border and separating children from their parents. Like, <laughs> and there are people that are like so astounded and it's catching all this attention and people don't understand why this is going on. Or how can this happen in 2018? Not realizing if we look at our history as a country, this ain't nothing new. But the problem with it is when is it gonna stop? When is it not gonna be something new? When is it not gonna be okay? But just a few months ago, we had this whole pro-life and anti-abortion and all this kind of stuff. But then when the kids get here, they're disposable. They easily can be used or taken away or uh, anything like that. Or, for instance, another story that caught my mind is that when they get in trouble or when their lives are hard due to the harsh realities that we don't prepare them for, and they succumb to those issues, now all of a sudden, at the end of the day, we want to have sympathy. We want to color around them. We want to be practice discretion. We want to do all these things. But it's like, where was that when these children needed it? What was that when they were growing up? 
and then sometimes these kids get in the limelight or they get a certain amount of money and they end up blowing it or they end up succumbing to the pressures of having so much money that they end up becoming very terrible people. But now we want to show sympathy now that they passed away or now that they went to jail or now that they hurt somebody or they hurt themselves. We need to start practicing that discretion now. Practicing that support now. And I just kept thinking about it constantly. You know, why is this not a part of the story not being addressed? Why this part of helping, of reaching out, of mentoring, of showing care in that sense, where is that at? So today's topic is going to be talking about that. We say the children are our future, but what are we doing to prepare them for it? I'll just leave y'all with that thought right there. <laughs> because like I said, um, later in the show, we're going to talk a little bit more and more about that. Um, but in the meantime, to get you prepared for that, we're still in June, which is known as Black Music Month. So of course I have another, what I like to call my universal black music playlist. That's why I combine every kind of music or every kind of artist from the music that they do along with some of the most newer stuff that we see or that we have heard. So definitely want to enjoy that. So in the meantime, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to say hey. And I am on all social medias at Queen Lady AC. All one word. Queen Lady AC. So all right, y'all. I'll be back. Let's dive on in. So once again, we are back, and you're with, if you don't know by now, the queen, Lady AC, right here on Universal. So, yeah, just give me a couple little music right there to enjoy this Black Music Month. And if you are just tuning in, if this is your first time tuning in, first of all, welcome. I definitely appreciate it. Definitely love the love because, you know, I give the love right back. So, um, and also, if you're just tuning in, I'll reiterate once again, the topic of our show is, we say the children are our future, but what are we doing to prepare them for it? And so what sparked this conversation was, of course, the recent story that broke out that the, um, if you haven't been paying attention, so there was a law that our government, this government had put in place, basically started to legally separate immigrant families at the border and literally where the, they would find these immigrants or quote unquote illegal, illegal immigrants and would separate them from their children, take the children into these, um, <laughs> in these housing facilities, as they call them, um, and keep them there for who knows how long or, or what the transition was after the point they separate their children. But what's devastating is that, you know, it was always talk around how the conditions were for these children. I mean, obviously getting over the trauma of being ripped away from the only parents or only family you knew. Now you're thrown <laughs> into this situation. And... And so there were talk of, you know, how they weren't being taken care of, how they were treated, like, on display and all these kind of things. And so recently over the weekend leading up to, to, um, to yesterday, the media was finally allowed to enter, um, was finally allowed to enter these facilities and just the pictures alone was was devastating. What was outrageous? To be honest, was was completely made you think like, wow. That's what that's how we treat children. Forget how about how we treat each other, but see how we treat the innocent. That these children that have nothing to do with our biases, that have nothing to do with our segregation, and nothing to do with our depression, or nothing to do with our oppression. And they're being infected right now. Um, like, there literally were pictures of 
like mantras of, of Trump on the walls, basically making quotes, stating like these dictatorial, be honest, dictatorial like quotes, like he was overseeing them, overwatching them. The kids are kept in cages crying and upset and then what recently yesterday they released audio from when the children were being separated at the border and uh, just out of respect and out of just you know for the mental health of people listening and everything I'm not going to share that audio but it is going around a lot on um, on a lot of news media a lot of social media it's going around so if you're really interested Definitely, you know, <laughs> look up Google and everything like that. But for the sake of respecting these children, these families, I'm not going to play that audio. But as a journalist in me, because if, if you guys don't know, I my whole thing was my degree was in journalism, and and um, and that's what I knew I wanted to do with my life. So, um, just to give you a little tidbit about me. Uh, so the journalist in me had to, you know, research the story, see where it's going, and always be updated. And so, like I said, this audio came out, and I heard it. And you literally hear these kids crying, begging for their children, for their parents, like for their, excuse me, for their parents, for their siblings, for everything. And it, it just, it was terrible, truly terrible. And it makes me think of how you know we made this big fuss or we want to morally corrupt or morally judge people who choose not to have children we want to talk about we are pro-life and that we you know you know at the moment of conception that's a child or anything we have these conversations but yet when the children get here we treat them like this Regardless of the stance, regardless of what they grow up to be, regardless of who they are, like as soon as they come out the womb, we judge them. As soon as we come out the room, the biases, the the, the prejudice, the racism comes at them. And I think as parents or as, and, and I will be honest, I do not have children. I don't. But I do have little cousins some of you may not have nieces and nephews. Some of you do have children. Or I know people who do have children who I look at as, you know, my own little niece, little niece and nephews and stuff. And these kids are the same ages as these kids being taken away from their parents. I can only imagine the mental trauma that we are creating. Like, just, just literally two weeks ago, we were having conversations, excuse me, we were having conversations about mental health and being healthy and sh and people were sharing, you know, sharing the um, the suicide hotline. Yeah, but sharing the suicide hotline and everything like that. And yet, we don't realize that trauma like this leads to that leads to depression, leads to mental illness, leads to all these different kind of things, but yet we allow that to fester and deal with instead of checking. You know, and, and the next, and the other thing that's been brought to attention is that now everybody want to act shocked, like, how could we do this? How could we separate children? And that's an honest, to be honest, that's an honest question. That's an honest concern to have. That is an honest way to be um, called out about I'll be put at the forefront, but <laughs> if you study history, you know this practice ain't nothing new. This practice is nothing new. I mean, what we did to Japanese Americans during the Vietnam War, <laughs> Japanese and um, Vietnam Americans during the wars, World War II, the Vietnam War. How we literally put citizens who lived here all their lives, who actually left those countries so they wouldn't escape it. We put them in concentration camps. Or, excuse me, excuse me, oh, the term was internment camps, excuse me. <laughs> internment camps. I could go even further than that. Native Americans separated, changed, but they were originally used as slaves and, and before they needed us. 
And speaking of us, going back to as early as the auction block, as early as the slave prisons, oh, slave castles, where they would separate us at that moment by man, woman, child. This country had a hand in doing that. Like I think another story broke I heard over the weekend that the city of Charleston is now apologizing or made an open apology for their role in slavery because that was where most of the slaves, when they came over, um, where they came over, they were separated right there. They were sold from that from that city into the other America, uh, excuse me, into the United States at that time. And uh, and I just find it so ironic that uh, that that story broke at the same time. This um, issue with the separating of the families at the at the Mexican American border happened. And while the point of bringing all this to attention is that y'all, we have to wake up. We have to, this is the importance of learning our history. This is the importance of understanding to prevent from happening again. Because the people that innocent, we want these children to take over this world. We want these children to be the best and we want them to be educated and we want to do that. But if we continue to not look at the community, not look at us equally, not look at each other in a sense, of that could be my child, that could be my family, that this stuff would continue. History is repeating itself. It doesn't matter if it's 2018, 3000, <laughs> 3018, or 1818. If we don't check ourselves, if we don't change our, our mentalities, if we don't change or feel a sense of moral, moral responsibility, this stuff will continue. Just like as easily as they can make these laws, there should be people who are easily fighting these things equally. There are things that we can do. Like I, I, I just, I think it got to a point where we're just bringing attention to it and we're just showing the camera. We're just like simply just pulling out our camera phones. <laughs> somebody dying and we're going to see you. Somebody suffering and all we do is pull out our camera phones. Like that's what it feels like equivalent to. That's the mindset we have now. It's that we think that if we bring attention to it, that will stop it. But we don't put the action to stop it. The action has to follow the method as well. For the families, hopefully, you know, if I do reach anybody who was affected by that or knows of this going on, and hopefully if you understand me, because I know a lot of these um, families can enter it, they speak their native languages, Hopefully you hear me. My message to you is continue to keep your head up, continue to fight for your children. It's not all, you know, against, I'm not going to say that there ain't no people fighting because there are legal people, um, legal aid is now starting to reach out to services to the families whose kids were separated. Um, the UN has definitely called out the U.S. on their atrocity for this, which that caused another news story to break because the U.S. decided to, this government decided to remove itself from the U.N. Human Rights Council due to hypocritical reasons. Because in their mind, it was, and what was so interesting about that <laughs> was their reasoning behind was that the council itself was hypocritical because they allowed other countries that also created human uh, human rights violations to continue to be a part of it. And honestly, that sounded to me like, well, they get away with it. How come y'all ain't coming at them? That's what it sounded like. That's literally what it translated. It came into this childish mindset. And it's like, you are the people that are supposed to be leading this country. You are the people that's supposed to be setting an example. And yet, I keep hearing this mindset of like, everybody's like, this is not the America I know. This is not what I'm used to. This is not America should be. And it's like, if you knew your history, this is what America been. This is the ugly truth that we as a country been hiding. Well, I won't say, it. well, I'll correct that. Correction. We've been hiding in plain sight. And I say that because this mindsets, these issues did not come out 
with Trump. They did not become these issues the way to even we, the snake kills a snake mentality. A snake gives birth to a snake mentality. We didn't automatically have that. We've been had that. That's what's been burrowing under this false sense of patriarchy. It, it, this, 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 that's what's been this false sense of patriotism. Excuse me, not patriarchy. Excuse me. It, well, it is some patriarchy in it, but it's this. Uh, that's what's been burrowing under this. Um, like I said, patriotism that we are blanketing over all these issues. If we truly love this country, if we truly love the people and what we stand for, we need to stand for the people, even if they're not of our communities. Yes, we need to represent our communities too, but we need to also call out this stuff going on too. And we also need to fight and continue. And once again, talking directly to the families, I hope you can hear me or you can understand me or anything is that People see you, and we understand the pain. We understand the hurt. Continue to fight for your children. Continue to love and honor and keep them and keep their memories alive because one day you will be reunited. You will be united. You will. One day this stuff will end. One day this stuff will happen, and the karma these folks are putting out will come to them in a furious rage. But in the meantime... You continue to hold on to that faith that you will get those kids back. And the people who are over these issues, pointing the finger at each other for how this could happen or it's not that bad or that, oh, well, other administrations have done worse things. <laughs> it's time for you to start looking at yourself in the mirror. At this point, you have to really understand what you standing up against, what you what you supporting. Check your own racism. Check your prejudice. Because these kids are suffering. And they're going to remember this and carry this on into their adulthood. And who's going to be there to guide them out of that? Who's going to be there? How many counselors? How many therapists? <laughs> How many psychiatrists going to be there to help these kids once they do get out of this? I know I went around the world with that because that's, it's such a loaded issue. But the main point is that we as a country have to do better about ours. Because now officially, and, and, and in a sense, those kids are ours now because we literally took them. So we have responsibility to them. And no child, no child should be forced to all separated from a loving family. And then second of all, no child should be treated like they're less than or they're disposable. And that's it. That's all I had to say on that end. So, yeah, <laughs> y'all know I went in there for a minute, but you know, it's passionate because you know, I look at the faces of these kids now, of the eye, the light in their eyes, the just this wonderment of how wor wonderful the world is and these dreams that they have. You know, I have friends that are teachers who are constantly battling, you know, just how. What when this doesn't happen in the home, when it doesn't happen in the community they live in, they're thrown into a classroom, expected to learn and to grow and to be these conductive members of society, but only one person is showing them a way out of that. The one is showing them a route to do that. Only one person is, or only a handful of people are choosing to be those leaders, to be that community to raise that child, you know? There are only a few people choosing to be that village. I'm sorry, a village is made of more than one person. <laughs> or oh, a village is made of one or two people. But you got to do better, y'all.
I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to pull it back because I got more to talk about after that. Uh, so I just want to give you that tip in your mind. Please be aware, be alert, fight, and find whatever way you can. Start reaching out, helping each other, okay? So on that note, we'll be right back here on Universal. And like I said, we are now back on Universal. And if you don't know by now, you were chilling with the queen, Lady AC. <laughs> yes. We're vibing. We're having a good time. But, you know, while we're having a good time on this vibe, we have to get back to the issues at hand. And so um, if you're tuning in once again or you're tuning back or welcome back, um, we're talking in our conversation or continue a conversation about children being our future and setting them up for that. And so I know I got kind of heavy the last hour, so I kind of want to just, you know, and, and be, it's good to get heavy because we have to understand the reality. That's the thing. And one of the things I think that we as a people, especially when it comes to children or the younger generations or the people under us, or even, you know, you know, as a millennial, the people coming up behind us, in a sense, we try to prepare them for the reality of what is here. But I think when we get into preparing them for that reality that we forget that there are still children, that their minds are still fresh, that their youth is very valuable. And and I think we get so caught up in trying to prepare them for soldiers that we don't prepare them to nurture them to be anything else but that. And when they fall or when they get in trouble or when devastating things like for instance they get separated from us or taken away from us they're always looking for a direction or they don't know where they go or, and essentially they lose who they are and I'm talking and, and not just in the situation of the article but we see that within people within our own community we see that within the school like within our schools within our education <laughs> you know we see that everywhere in a sense and I think we need to start being more conscious and taking that time to really be active in the end to stop this because it it doesn't just automatically get to this point. Like there's some things that set in place, there are mindsets that put in place that create for people to think that the situation, like for instance, I was talking about the children at the border being separated. There was things that led to that. The individuals that thought that that created a law that thought that it was okay, that was laid. That foundation was laid there long before that of law even came into effect. Before that law even became written. Before that law even became an idea. Before that idea became a thought, there was already a thought, a mindset, something put in place to grow into that. And that's what we have to start correcting. That's what we have to start attacking. And once again, I'm not a parent. I'm, I'm not saying that. But I am someone who's concerned about people around me. I am concerned about not only the young children in my family, but the young children I see every day. Young people I see at the mall, the young people I see going to school, the young people that are fighting these injustices, but yet they should not be having to worry or take this fight on their own. Or feel the need they have to fight because the grown-ups that are supposed to do it don't want to because now they're stuck into that money, that greed, that power. We shouldn't. And so mentally, I just feel that that's a lot to do with. And we're pushing that earlier and earlier and earlier onto children that once again are coming into this world having no part in this. You know, and uh, so I think the concern I'm trying to bring in in this hour is that, you know, we have to really be conscious of that. And ways we can be conscious of it is, first of all, let's not live out our traumas, live out the brokenness in our childhoods onto our children. If you had a rough time in life, if you had things that you didn't reconcile with your parents, do not try to live through that through your children. 
because guess what that how generational curses are being uh, generational curses are being introduced and all these things and what's a generational curse a generational curse is from one generation to the next the issue that plagues a family continues how is that if someone witnessed being abused most likely they're witnessed to either be susceptible to the abuse or become the abuser if somebody somebody in the family gets pregnant at an early age if nobody steps in to educate on honestly about sexuality and honestly about owning your health and taking care of that then the next generation gets pregnant at a young age and the next generation gets pregnant at a young age and the next generation gets and it continues and that becomes a generational curse if you are born into a family that allows you to disrespect to downplay to degrade a person basically simply for existing being who they are and that goes unchecked that carries to the next generation so that next generation sees that that's okay to do so they do it who then they carry that to their next parent then they carry that to the next child and they carry that to the next child once again another generational curse but now because that generational curse is so dangerous is that now this mindset ends up growing and festering and so this child eventually grows up into an adult that believes this and they create these laws that does those things that we're seeing happening at the Mexican and American border. We see those things happening that causes the flint and the water to be tainted in flint. These things happen, it causes innocent black people to get shot and killed. These mindsets cause us to literally dictate and yes, I'll say it again, literally dictate who deserves to be here on land that is not ours. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's how that grows and that's how that fester. And we have to stop that. And it's not too late to change. It's not too late to take that. But at the point, it gets to the point where we are now continuing to use our ignorance as an excuse and I've said this before uh, you know talking amongst friends and everything else but it gets to the point like I don't when I see people and I see ignorance I don't automatically call them ignorant or, or just say oh there's ignorance that's why this is happening because ignorance simply means you do not know that's the simple definition like, like literally you just don't know the problem is when people continue to use their ignorance as an excuse to continue the mindset to continue the behavior to continue to promote what the ignorance they were taught when they definitely have the information how especially in this day and age there's no information there's so much information out here There's so many people out here <laughs> in this world that we can connect and get to know. But yet we still choose the comfortability of ignorance. We still choose the comfortability of that excuse to continue to mow our hateful and prejudiced ways. And we pass that to these kids. And these kids learn that at an early age or they learn to either hate others or they learn to hate themselves. And that's why I say one of the ways we have to do, we have to check that. We can't live out the traumas of us. We have to fix the traumas within us first. That's why it's important, you know, to mentally do that work for yourself. So when you are and get to that point where you can from the problem with teenage pregnancy for me, the problem with people having children out of walk, uh, wedlock is because of the, uh, the problem in those situations like that, it's not simply because of the sin of the sex. It had nothing to do with that because sex is natural. They, you know, everybody has that. The problem is, is that people who not have fully healed, who have not fully took their time to really understand the world around them, to understand what they're bringing their children into, have not made that conscious decision, have not fixed that or done that work within themselves. 
So now that trauma that you carry, you're passing literally to the same children you're born, that you're giving birth to, that you're raising. And you and sometimes it can be subtle. Sometimes it can be subconsciously. And then you're wondering why at 12, at 12, 13, 14, these children are acting any kind of way. Then when they get 17, 18, 19, 20, where there, it's time for them to start taking responsibility for themselves, they don't. And they succumb to the very same issues that lead them down that path. We have to be aware of our responsibility. We have to be aware of that. We have to step in more. Like they say, the teaching starts at home, and I understand because of this system that sometimes you can't be at home because you got to work and you got to provide and you got to do all those things, and I understand that. So that's where the community effort comes in, where we have to start looking at each other as one, especially, and I'm speaking directly to the black community. I can't talk about every other community because I'm not from that, and I, I'm aware and I'm in solidarity with your issues. I don't know that, but what I can talk about it's the black community, and, and we talk about village raise a child and all these African proverbs and all this stuff, but when it happens, we're quick to shun or quick to hurt or quick to judge one another, but we, not, we don't go to the source. We're quick to get upset when people shoot and kill our innocent young black men, young black men, women, and young men, young women, and anybody of that gender or whatever gender you identify with. But we're not quick to step in and tell them or check the biases that create the excuse for people to feel they can get away with it. And let me, let me break that and unpack that for a minute because I know some people that, that may be hard to swallow. That may be a harsh truth to hear. But let me unpack that just a minute. My thing is, we let these young boys run the streets. We let these young boys break in the cars and do all these other kind of things, but then we won't get upset when they get arrested and go to life and get 50 years and get some jail time. We want to get upset when they break in the cars, break in the houses, do all these other kind of damaging things, where they abuse people, where they rape people, where they hurt people. But when they suffer the consequences of those actions, now we want to show concern. Now we want to be like, oh, no, they're just a young child. They didn't know that. But where were you when they were doing this atrocity? Where were you when they, where did you target it? Where was the influence? <laughs> what was the person to step in and be like, okay, look. Look, you on this road and you're going to end up here. If you continue to do that. Now, if you do that, you put your hands on them and you, and you pray for them and you talk to them and you mentor them and they still choose to go out into that world. At that point, they made that choice. And we, as adults, as the mentors, have to understand, look, take your hands off then. I'm going to pray for you for this and I'm going to hope that you see your ways. But at this point, you have to learn because on your own. That's what tough love is. Tough love isn't yelling, cussing, beating, <laughs> berating, belittling. Tough love is I'm going to tell you right from wrong, and if you choose to do wrong, I'm going to let you deal with that. I'm going to hope for you to come back. I'm going to hope for you to see the error of your ways, but I'm going to let you deal with that. And then when you start dealing with that to take that responsibility, then I'll start coming in and giving you that, that guidance and telling you how to correct it. But see, we don't have enough of that. We don't have enough of that. And so these young, in this instance, the young men, once again, we let them run rapid. And so when, unfortunately, the situations happens of police brutality or, or people get gunned down or killing or, or, or all these other kind of issues, now we want to talk about life is short, life is precious. Now we want to talk about they were just kids. But it was like, where were you when this kid needed that guidance? We have to step in more.
We have to love more and learn how to love outside of ourselves. We have to learn how to heal the battles within us, the issues within us, before we try to attack or try to judge any of these people. But at the same token, we have to also teach the responsibility of accountability. That if you still, when learning and listening and approach and being mentored, you still choose to make the wrong decision, you have to also learn that accountability. You have to take responsibility for the decision you made. And some of that facility, that excuse me, that accountability can be harsh, for lack of better words. Can be brutal. That that lack of accountability can affect somebody else. When I say affect somebody else, that's what causes the justification of these innocent black people being killed. Because they look at you, or they look at these out of control yous, or they look at that and they be like, oh no, we gotta put an end to that. So when they automatically see someone that looks like them, looks like this unchecked youth, look like this unchecked young adult, they check them for them. Like I said, I've said before, and I've said a month to myself, and the mindset is that this system uses the very same things. What makes it so powerful, what makes it so constructed, and what makes it so continuous is that this system watches and it adapts and it learns. And the system I'm talking about is this oppressive system that we're all talking about. That everybody, everybody conscious, everybody woke, everybody can talk about this oppression, this oppression. The reason it's still here is because it's learned to adapt, it's learned to change, it learns to watch. It learns to infiltrate to the point where it's so good it let us do the, do the violence for it. Like for instance, they see how you talk down to your women. They see how you talk down to your children. They see how you talk down to each other. They see how you treat each other when you get mad or when you get upset or when you get that. They see when you don't heal from your trauma, how you carry out that trauma and make it everybody else's fault but not take accountability for yourself. They take that and use that and say things when they kill the innocent person. They be like, oh, I was threatened. Oh, he had a gun. He had a weapon. She had a weapon. She was violent. She was loud. I didn't feel safe. <laughs> they say that, and that's a harsh truth to hear. But that is all justified because they use these examples of the people that are out of control. So next thing you know, when the police shootings happen, next thing you know, you start seeing a whole bunch of influx in social media. Like, social media, the system is very crafty with this. They, they start, and then you start seeing this influx of black-on-black violence and all these videos of fight videos between teams. Like, all of a sudden, this surge of that. But then on top of that, that's when you start seeing these videos of cops being nice to the community and being handy and all these other kind of things. You start seeing these promoting these like new diverse commercials, showing everybody holding hands and having a good time. And once again, it glosses over all these things until the next incident happens, until the next outrageous story happens, until the next outrageous law and consequence of this government happens. We as a people have to start stepping in. We do have more power than we believe. We have more say than we know. And it's not just the voting part either. The voting is only half the battle because after we vote, what's next? We have to start making these people work for us because that's why we put them in there in the first place, right? Oh, no, we were just voting because, you know, someone supposedly died for it, right? 
These people didn't die for us to vote. They died because they voted. Because that was the choice they chose to create so the generations behind them wouldn't have to put their life on the line just to already have a voice. That's the truth. That's the harsh truth. We have to have these harsh truths and snatch. And so next hour, <laughs> I'm going to talk about what happens when that harsh truth becomes reality. When we don't step in, what ends up happening? Because the situation that happened, there was a young rapper named a triple X Stinchin <laughs> who just got killed in Florida for being, so, and the stories allegedly he was being robbed and he was shot dead in his car. But when you look into this young man individual, people try to build sympathy for him because he had a rough childhood, because he was bounced home to home. But when you look at him as he's making this money, as he's making these hit records, he's also tormenting and damaging and literally becoming a monster before their eyes. Like, it's two-sided. He's this talented artist on one side, but on the other side, he is abusive. He's raping. <laughs> He's abusing. But you want people to feel sad for this person losing, leaving. And people are drawing up and saying, no, I'm not going to be sad no longer for people who made their choices. Yes, at some point, but my thing is, all that could have been prevented if somebody in that industry, all these people coming out now talking about he's an inspiration and he's all these things to them, but no other people who were inspired by him ever stepped in his life and said, look, you can't be putting your hands on women. Look, you ain't about that gangbang life no more. You got money. You got talent. Where were those folks? And now that he's died, now everybody wants to sow sympathy and discretion and all these things. But when this dude was terrorizing, being a monster, doing all these devastating things, beating people for just existing, beating women because he had the authority and masculinity to do so. Where were y'all at? Where was that guidance? Where were those, where were those people? Where was the extension? Where was that love? Where was that guidance? And now he chose to continue to live in that lifestyle, and he had to respect that accountability. And unfortunately, that accountability cost him his life because he didn't check himself sooner. That is a price that happens. The reason the prodigal son was an important story to tell was because it showed what happens when you take that promise of yourself. The prodigal had to realize he had to let his son go. <laughs> and if he prayed and continued to uplift them and hoped that one day he would come back, but the prodigal son had to learn through the harsh reality being robbed, being put on his ass, that his father was right, that the people around him was right, and he came back home. So we have to start... If we're going to love hard, if we're going to teach hard, if we're going to do that, we have to love how to give that mentorship now. We have to learn how to be that encouraging word. We can't leave them high and dry when they turn 18 just because they're now legally considered an adult. We have to be there. I'm not saying be a crutch, be a cushion. I'm not saying baby in them. I am saying keep that connection, keep that rope, keep that love at arm's length. Let them grow, let them fly, but when they do start to wilter, you water them. You provide that love, you provide that guidance. Do that. And that's why I'm stopping right there. Because <laughs> I'm going to pull it back. And we're going to talk deeper, as I said, about what happens when we don't check it. What happens when we don't step in? We're going to talk about that a little bit later. So <laughs> I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to let you breathe for a second. I'm going to let you do that. And we'll be right back with Universal.
matter of fact, no. We'll talk about it now. <laughs> That's exactly what happens when we don't check their behavior. They succumb to the behavior that they attribute to. So we, as a community, we truly want to advance. If we truly want to educate and see these children be that future, we have to step in at the same time. We have to step in. When they need help, we have to be that guidance. We have to be that love. We have to be that nurturing. But also teach them accountability for if they choose to step outside that, that they are fully responsible when they get to that age of accountability. And age of accountability, honestly, starts when they learn right from wrong. But especially in adulthood or they hit that 18, 19, 20 they have to be taught that now they are fully accountable for their actions. And they suffer the consequences due to that. And hopefully, like I said, nobody asked for death. And, and I, you know, no, he didn't deserve to die the way he did. But that was the choice he made. And unfortunately, he said because of that choice, that was his price. They say, or matter of fact, I heard somewhere that always changed my, uh, it changed my whole mindset was that God, the creator, a life, depending on what you believe in or what you don't, is going to. But one thing that is true is that in life, you will be used. Either you will be used as a triumph or you will be used as a cautionary tale. And it's up to us to decide which one we're going to be. You choose. It's your choice. But lay down that foundation at the beginning. Do that work within yourself. Okay, y'all. Until next week, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to the second installment of Universal. Here I am on all social medias at Queen Lady AC. Queen Lady AC, all one word. And I do have a Facebook page uh, on Facebook.com backslash Lady AC. Or simply search on Facebook.com, Queen Lady AC. I'm on Anchor here, <laughs> my new home. But I'm also, this broadcast, this broadcast is also being shared on various podcast tools. I just found out, you know, I'm on Google. Google's uh, podcast on the App Store. Uh, iTunes App Store. I am on Radio Beat. So check me out. Continue. And until then, I'll see you next week, y'all.